0: Welcome to the AV Podcast Games Edition.
1: Hello, and welcome to AV Forum's gaming podcast with me, Mark Botright. Joining me this month are Ben, Steve, Leon, and Steve. Good evening, gents. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Right, well, kicking things off, looking at news, I suppose one of the biggest announcements to come this month is the Grand Theft Auto V trailer. It's going to be uh, made by Rockstar North, obviously, um, and we get a little sneak peek of what's to come. Has everyone seen it? Yep. yep. Y- yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, uh, information's a little thin on the ground, and perhaps that's what Rockstar PR machine is, is uh, hoping to keep the case, so it gets people poring over the video, and there's been lots of different theories as to who the characters will be and and how it will differ from the previous one in the series. Um, What are people's thoughts? Did it hit the right note? Has it got you excited about it?
0: Am I the only one that doesn't get
1: massively excited
0: when
2: Rockstar announced GTA? Yes. I'm I'm excited about the game, but I must admit the trailer was a bit plain and a bit dull.
3: Just same old, same old. I think it almost feels like a GTA too far, if that makes sense.
4: It's going to be brilliant. What's the matter with you people? I'm sure it's going to be good. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's not going to be
0: good, but it's just going to be a GTA game, which, which are great, but I, I don't understand why, why you know internet sites crash and everybody dies to look at the trailer and stuff. But it's, it's no better than, say, a Mass Effect or anything for me, I don't know.
4: I don't know. I was one of those people. I just I was waiting all day for it to for it to happen, and yeah, I was quite excited by it. It's fair enough. It didn't show much, but um, yeah, you can't go wrong with GTA. It's brilliant. It's an event, isn't it? What excites you so much about it? I, I, I love I love the worlds. So I mean since I, I liked like the first ones I've got really great memories that um Steve probably doesn't share uh, about play, about playing the, the old top down them. ones the, the Harry
3: Krishna <laughs> I played them <laughs> I played them I remember the
4: I remember the Shaguar. All right I well I don't know if you've been playing it at that age but um uh yeah, I'm yeah all the way through I've loved it and I thought it really reached uh Pinnacle with San Andreas in a way, um, certainly in terms of the, the the world and the setting. And I think that if any you know any part of that coming back is just fantastic, and I am genuinely excited. I think it needs to go back to what GTA did best, like Benders in
2: San Andreas and Vice City. I think it needs to go back to the fun aspect of things. It four were a, were a bit more serious, but I think it's kind of showing now that they're going to go back to what they've done before, and it's just going to be. a a lot of fun again because I think with the trailer, it showed that we might be able to fly planes again, maybe. Yeah,
3: yeah, anyway. yeah. I think uh, the big thing about GTA games is it's always the rags to riches story, and the only thing different about this one is it, it seemed to be a guy who's already very well established, and you've kind of got the the money uh, hint in the uh, in the logo there as well. So maybe they're flipping mm-hmm. it up in, in that sense. But to me, I watched it and I just it was just like there was nothing there that seemed to be any different from before refreshing apart from that little bit of a uh, of narrative tweak. Other than that, it just seemed to be the same old, same old. See, I, I, I'm I'm kind of
1: glad that you said that because I've heard so many people get really excited about it, but I, I don't know whether, well, I thought it was just me, but to a certain extent, I, I, I I'm not a big fan of, of the push towards realism for the grand theft auto series. Um, for, I could tell that it was a technical achievement, but it just kind of left me a little bit cold. And there seemed to be almost two schools of thought as to whether the series it, it depends on whether you think the series peaked with Vice City or or San Andreas. One Definitely. kind of moved moved that narrative almost into slightly more serious themes. You know, it, it got into more kind of racial issues of, you know, inner city gentrification and that kind of thing. Whereas Vice City was just pure kitsch. You know, ridiculousness. You know, suits with
3: yeah, it, it was a crossroads, Sorry. and and now they 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 can't really be tongue in cheek anymore because Saints Row has already taken that genre itself. Do you see what I mean? If they if they try and be a bit tongue in cheek now, all they're going to be doing is is aping Saints Row the the third, which is out any day now, and already looks a more fun game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean that is it's, it's got to be said though that the the thing that Rockstar do well, which is populate they the the game world with little jokes and they do that you know uh, probably better than any other developer out there i mean just little moments in the video like the jet ski that's called the the speed of 2000 and <laughs> little, little moments like that you know the billboards they do they work nicely to populate the world but i suppose i, I just question now is that going to be enough i mean it it's going to be a huge event and and i like probably everyone else will will end up getting it but I just wonder how far the series can go once you turn the, the the reality into into something that feels more tangible and and more gritty.
0: I quite like that about four though, honestly. I mean I say I'm not excited. GTA four was the first GTA that I actually finished. Um and I and I honestly I like the mix between gritty and ridiculous. The ridiculous was a little bit out of place in that world, but I would prefer them personally to go more towards GTA four than to go to San Andreas personally. But I know that everybody is dying for San Andreas, but Hey, that's fine.
3: And they had something there with the multiplayer. They didn't quite pull it off this time, last time round, but there's, there's definitely a a recipe for something special if they can get the formula right. It's just, I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but putting everyone in the same city, it's definitely a, an interest, but I'm not sure what the solution is to get it right.
1: Yeah, I mean that's, they've got huge scope there. If they could get that right, I mean that would that would take it to a whole another level. But but it's interesting that a, a lot of the talk regarding the trailer is focusing on on how cinematic it looks and and all these other things. Whereas um, perhaps it, is there an argument to be made that there are a few things that could be still kind of slightly tightened up on the gameplay front? I mean, the repetition of of driving to missions, you know, going first to pick up some body armor, you know, then drive to a secondary location, get killed, and then you have to return,
3: you know, all the way to the start again. I never minded the driving. I know a lot of people hated the driving and everyone says all the cars steered like tanks and so on and so forth, but I didn't mind that. Um, I didn't find myself into play, replay too much of it anyway. And like Leon, this was actually the only GTA game I think I've ever finished as well. So, um Maybe maybe there's a difficulty thing there. I, I, I don't remember yeah. how they handled that actually. I think one
2: thing that has been rumoured that'll really like help the story is if you can play multi protagonists, so you can play as the main character but then go and play someone else, so one campaign could be a bit more serious but the other one could just go and blow crap out of something like like we were saying back to the sort of San Andreas roots which I hope they do, because there's also been saying that you might be able to re- revisit like uh, Tommy Versetti as well to see how he's aged and what he's now doing. So I think if they like do that, I think that'll really help towards making it a bit more enjoyable as well.
0: I think it's definitely due a refresh though. I mean, stuff like having to press A to run and stuff like that and the, the gunplay hasn't really ever been spectacular in it. Um, I mean, how, how much has the series really changed? Not not a great deal. I, I could take a completely revamped new GTA.
1: Well, fingers crossed that, that's exactly what we'll be getting. And, you know, if some people's little thoughts about um, possible release dates being... May next year, then it could be sooner rather than later.
3: Well, what's the timeline for it now? Because there is a a countdown thing on the end of the trailer, but is that for another trailer?
1: Yeah, well, well, the the big theory is is that the twenty four zero five appearing on on a curb and on I think it's on the side of a truck or something indicates twenty fourth of May. So that that would fit so in with got a on it. Yeah, a spring release date as as GTA four had. I mean it's amazing mm. to think that GTA four, that was that was two thousand and eight. You know, mm. that that's It'll be four years, or
3: it next year? Yeah, exactly. And it's weird to think that May you know, seems that... a very quick turnaround for me for them for them to get that game out, which great mm. if they are. But that's what sort of intrigues me. Yeah, so it seems like at the end of the trailer they've got another countdown to another trailer. Which seems oh, right, it's
1: just to another trailer then.
3: Which seems an odd odd thing to promote to me. But
1: well it well, may seem odd, odd to promote but given the fact that the amount of people who are waiting you know for the embargo to be lifted and then the the video to be posted you know people were counting down the the minutes and the seconds so you know they know it's going to generate a lot of interest
3: yeah they got a good they got a good fan base and the, there was some guy who showed up on the official GTA forums pretending to be someone who'd been involved in the development and leaking a few bits and bobs, but it was nothing in there that was groundbreaking or stuff that you would say anyone could have come up with stuff like there'd be planes back in it and so on and so forth.
1: Well, so I guess at the moment then it's, it's all just idle speculation, but it's certainly got tongues wagging and uh, I suppose that's a good enough place to head over to another much anticipated Entry in a series, Battlefield 3. Um, Steve, Leon, you've both been playing this one. Um, I suppose, Leon, your, your review is online now uh, to view on the site. So um, what did you make of it?
0: Um, I, made, I made a lot of things. It's a, it's a lot of different bits and bobs put together, really. Um, I think the best way to frame it is that DICE shouldn't try to be Modern Warfare. Um, and, and they don't need to be either. They, they try very, very hard in this. Um, it, it feels like somebody from high above said, look at that Modern Warfare, it's making all this money, we should make one of those. When in reality, what they should have said is, we should make the best Battlefield game we can. Um, and I think it's probably done them a disservice, because the game, it doesn't feel finished. Um, not It's not broken completely, but it's certainly got a lot of rough edges on it, which don't help. But underneath, it's still the same Battlefield game that people know and love with a few bits and bobs added on and some very, very nice graphics.
1: Steve, do you concur with that? Do you think DICE have have moved towards modern warfare kind of territory? Do you think they're they're kind of slightly pandering towards the more console
3: crowd there? I think there may be um, some weight in in what you say about uh, orders from above. It's definitely not um, the thinking man's Call of Duty that they probably like to think it is um, it doesn't seem to have the the scale or epicness of previous battlefields despite being able to get 64 players on the PC a, a lot of the maps don't really um, play to that strength uh, Metro is one map which is getting a, a lot of hate online from, um, from battlefield players and, and that's simply because it just doesn't work, it doesn't work as a 64 player map and it just becomes a, an RPG fest uh, which is something you would really associate with with call of duty um all the skill and the tactics just evaporate and it just becomes carnage that's fine if you enjoy that sort of thing i can maybe live with it once once an evening if that um but on the whole i'm sure that's not what dice imagined so i can't imagine why they they let that out um why they let that map in it seems strange to me
0: it's simply because they're pandering. Um, I mean, a lot. There are a lot of maps like that. The, the maps are either one or the other. They're either Caspian border, which is massive, jets, planes, helicopters, the lot, or they're Metro or Grand Bazaar, where you can barely drive, you know, um, a Humvee around and that sort of thing. Um, so it's it's definitely they were trying to tempt Call of Duty players into the Battlefield series um, by making it a little bit more call of duty especially the, the single player really it plays it, it's, it's barely a single player it plays like a training mission it plays like something a call of duty player should play if they would like to get better at battlefield um which it does it it does itself a disservice as well i mean the single player has a few moments in it which really which really are fantastic um but then they they go back to the normal follow people around and do qtes and and stuff like that I mean, I know I was chatting to Steve on the forums the other day, and he was just really disappointed with the single player, um, saying that it's it's not really worth the price of admission, and it isn't. Um, it is literally all about the multiplayer. Why they weren't brave enough to just put out a multiplayer game, I don't know.
1: But do you think, it, to a certain extent, this kind of um, indicates a slight shift away from the days where you would have, like, um, as you said, Steve, you know, the thinking man's FPS or that kind of title that would almost specifically. Be tailored towards the PC gamer market. Way, that we that the idea of putting something out just there for PC gamers has kind of gone away to a certain extent. That that the console market and you know the the huge amount that,
3: that the Modern Warfare series makes is just too tempting for a developer not to kind of tap into. Of course. It's it's big business. You know, games make so much money these days that someone like EA being one of the big players um, when they put a product out, it's because they have uh, a game plan. They know what they want to achieve and they know what they want to do. And there's, there's no doubts about it that this to them um, was their their title that they would put head-to-head against COD. And don't get me wrong, there are times when you, you, you totally get the ba- Battlefield experience, like Leon mentions, Caspian Border, when it works, it's just a joy because it's so epically huge yeah you, you, if you miss out on a a piece of transport when you respawn you literally have to run for about 5 minutes to get back in the fight and it's a very frustrating experience if you just get sniped halfway on that journey um it's 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 a shame because the atmosphere in the the week running up to it um funny story the uh the PC gamers managed to get on pretty much a week early because uh the Korean market had a release date set earlier than the rest of the world. So there was a a little web proxy trick um, that you could do, which would unlock the game for you early. So the atmosphere on the forums was great. We had a a good crowd of people uh, logging on early and, and getting involved um there's also a couple of uh avf servers i should probably promote uh all the details are in the pc gaming forum uh they're free and open to all anyone can get involved um there is um a little link if you want to donate and contribute to the cause but that's not compulsory at all um but it's a good crowd we've got on there and obviously the banter the day after is always good fun on the forum too so hopefully we'll see some new faces is it a
1: case of um i mean the multiplayer's disc 1 and and single player's disc 2 so it's very much tailored towards you know the multiplayer crowd and that's that's the game that essentially it is with the single player tacked on <clears throat> but are the are the concessions palatable enough i mean could you could you happily just stay on on the larger maps if that if that was your if that was your bag so to speak or or do you think to a certain extent that the smaller maps kind of undermine the the overall experience hey, with, with people leveling up and the like?
0: depends on your perspective really. I mean, the, the good thing is that they've put a server browser in and for the 360 version that's amazing. I mean, I, I don't know the last time I saw a server browser in a 360 game. Um, I didn't
3: realize that was in the Xbox one.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, you've got a server browser and you've actually got filter as well. So if I don't like Operation Metro, I never have to play it. I can just take out of my filter and when I press quick match it only searches for the matches that I like um, and stuff like that. So that That's pretty good in that way, so you can customize it in that way, but the the does do the changes they've made make it a worse game it It really all depends on your perspective um they've They've tried to make it super call of duty friendly so if you like call of duty, then perhaps you might like this, but fundamentally, they are very different games, which is why it rubs up the veterans or the people who've been playing battlefield for a long time the wrong way because some of the changes they've made like regenerating health and these smaller maps with no vehicles and stuff like that, they they kind of fly in the face of what Battlefield is. It it doesn't need to become more like Call of Duty. Um, And that's where the schism schism is. It's kind of like DICE wanted to make Battlefield and EA want them to beat Call of Duty. I don't understand why. It's not like Battlefield's a bad franchise. Surely they're making money on it. Maybe they're not making as much as Activision, but maybe they should keep their eyes on their their own game rather
1: than trying to spy to something that they're never going to beat anyway. The only real question to ask is, and it's at its best if, if it's if it's mixed in, to a certain extent, and it's it's a case of glass half empty or glass half full, depending on how much of a fan you were of that, or whether you're coming from the you know the Call of Duty crowd. Um, at its best, does it still show you know all the elements that made the Battlefield series great? I mean, you know, you've spoken about the, you know the large maps and the like. I mean, things like AI are they? Is that up there? Is it, you know, uh, uh, the little touches, you know, uh, the design of the maps in general, that kind of thing, making it a, a huge tactical battle? Is that still really, you know, in there and intrinsic? Again, it depends on the
0: map. Like Caspian Border, yes, you need to get into, you need to work as a squad. You need to get into the vehicles and and get to where you're going. You have to work together for that. Operation Metro, I can equip my assault rifle and and run into that choke point and have as much fun as I like on my own. That there isn't really too much strategy to that map. It's it's very linear. Um, so again, it's it's this very kind of dichotomy between the two the two ideals, if you like. Um, as far as single player goes, and you said AI,
2: oh, this the AI is terrible in the single player. I'll vouch vouch for that. Every time you go shoot someone, they'll just run in front of you, and then it'll patch an eye saying, friendly fire will not be tolerated. They'll
3: just constantly run in front of you. It's so annoying. Yeah, it's It's... pretty bad. So, no, I haven't even fired it up. The
0: thing is, you you should do. You should do. It, it, It is actually worth it. Trust me, there are some really good parts in that. But it's kind of like dice were just... Oh, someone's making us do a single player, and they kind of lazily reached over and made a single player. And it turned out pretty good. Now, if they focused themselves and went, hey, we're going to make a single player battlefield, it, it, it looks like it could be wicked. They just don't want to.
2: Yeah, and you get to check your flaps on a plane.
0: That is, see, <laughs> that is the best mission in that game, definitely. The, uh, really?
2: Yeah, it, it is. I, even
0: get I to really fly like it. The plane? I know, I know. And that is disappointing. But think about how many people would have just crashed that instantly. The point is, you get to, to do a dogfight. Um, and you're important, you need to deploy your flares and, and fight and destroy other planes and stuff. But more flaps. accurately, it's check your flaps, <laughs> <laughs> more accurately, the, one of the best things about Battlefield, which we haven't said, is everyone knows it looks brilliant, but it sounds, yeah, yeah. I would say it sounds better than it looks personally. Um, maybe on the PC, Steve can tell if it's much better, because I'm sure it is. But the the immersion that you get from the sound, like that on that level where you're in the fighter plane, you've got like the uh, the operational chatter in the background, I don't know if you've watched anything like Generation Kill, where you've got a lot of like US military chatter and Hitman Victors and Humvees and Hoorah and all that sort of stuff. You get that, but it's not over the top. It's very, it's very kind of realistic. You feel like you, are, you could actually be listening to proper mission chatter. And for me, that sucked me into that mission. And I loved it. Um, but then I went back to quick time events and following people around and shooting. And a lot of swearing yeah there, there is a lot of swearing in it um but th- there are some moments which are really good and if they it feels like if they would put their heart into it it probably could have beat modern warfare its own game but they didn't want to they just did it because they were told to
4: so as a sort of bottom line on it um given there's modern warfare 3 um can you see yourself playing this multiplayer in a month's time three months time six months time or do you think it'll just kind of fade away for you
3: for sure definitely um For me, it's the first-person shooter to have on the PC. It's not without fault, um, but the game looks incredible, um, and at times it plays incredible as well. Um, You really need to communicate with your squad and um, try and play the game tactically to get the most out of it, and when that works, it's it's fantastic. Um, Modern Warfare 3, to me, is going to be a pick-up-and-play thing on a quite a casual basis Um, I'm sure you'll still have that tactical element if you choose to have it but to me even though they are the same genre they fill different niches Um, so I I certainly think there's enough there for, for both games to be successful in their own right
0: I think me personally I don't know I'd like to think I would this is a thing where I would like to think I would do something, but I would do something completely different. It, and the, the case in point is I was sat there one day and I was chatting to my housemate while I was playing it. And the, and the maps were rotating, we were playing them all. And it came round to probably Operation Metro or something like that. And I was like, oh, I actually quite like this map. And, it, it, and the next words that flew out of my mouth, I really wish I hadn't said. And it was, because it's a lot like Call of Duty. <laughs> and then I went, oh crap, I just said that. And that really says a lot about, I don't want to be that guy who loves Call of Duty and wants it to be better than Battlefield, because like Steve says, they're completely different games. But I think Call of Duty is just easier to get into. For me personally, this is. And it's obviously going to beat Battlefield in the,
3: in the sales stakes. For sure. But, and a lot of people will drop Battlefield to play Modern Warfare 3.
0: Mm, but I kind of don't want it to beat it, because, because of what DICE have done. DICE, if there's one developer who didn't need to you know, bow down to Call of Duty and say, we will follow your design and try and do what you're doing, it should be DICE, but here they are trying to be a Modern Warfare, which is quite disappointing. So,
3: I think the, the only people that can topple Activision now are Activision themselves. They'd have to put an absolute stinker of a game out there to really alienate that crowd and for people to, to walk away. It's just not going to happen.
0: And that's what DICE should have done. They should have made the best game they could and waited for Activision to fall on their face, but they didn't. They tried to emulate them and beat them in their own game, which they're never going to do.
1: And with that, damning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not that it's not good.
1: I actually really
2: like it. It's a great game. <laughs> I really Down like it. The, uh...
0: I do like it. I love it, in fact. But it's, I'm disappointed at what they tried to do.
1: Yeah, it, exactly. It's, it's a case of uh, perhaps not quite living up to what you expect the developer to do. And so. yeah. well, I think it was uh,
0: just one more thing. I think it was telling that on the week that it came out, there's only two games that beat Battlefield at the top of the Xbox Live chart. Black Ops and Modern Warfare 2. I don't
3: know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. On the week of release, it didn't beat those two games. So,
3: Did it Did it work at release? Was there a problem? Uh, well,
0: <laughs> that, that may well be the problem, right? <laughs> it was an EA game and they
1: never work on the release. So yeah. there we go. Okay, well, from one multiplayer experience that's that's divided a few fans uh, onto a single-player game that continues in the series to to. Gain plaudits and to gain fans. Uncharted Three, it's it's arguably Sony's biggest hitter of an exclusive. Um, Steve, Ben, you've you've both been playing a bit of
2: this. Um, what are your thoughts? For me, it's it's everything you loved about the last two games. It's absolutely all of that, and it continues doing it. But it's like. The most enjoyable game ever but it's also one of the most frustrating games at the same time i don't know what ben's found but sometimes you just you're playing it and you just get so angry with it i mean it's one of the main things is it was the problem with number two as well and they had not changed it is the cover button and the dive and roll button are the same button and there is one trophy where you have to roll and collect ammo 20 times and sometimes you'll roll too close to a wall and you'll dive behind the, the wall instead of you know, instead of rolling, and it's things like that that are annoying. But end of day, I don't think it's enough to put it down because it is—it's still an excellent game. I mean, it looks better than ever. It's one of the best-looking games you can get on PS3, and the scale of it again is absolutely massive. I mean, we spoiling it too, but you—you you do like hang off like massive like cruise liners and off a off a train again, like you do, and it's just you know the. imagination and creativity that goes into it is just amazing i mean i don't know what you found ben
4: yeah i'm I'm, i haven't played as much of it as you have so i'm probably um two maybe two and a half hours in um but yeah it's definitely i mean cinematic is the word that gets thrown around and i think it's fair it's probably more like um a movie you can participate in than Mm. a game with a really great story Mm. uh there are times I don't I don't want to talk too much about the negatives, but they, they are kind of are the things that stand out when the overall package is so is so good. I mean it it does what it wants to do really well, but it's probably the most linear uh three-dimensional game I've ever played in my life. It's absolutely yeah. shepherds you down a path. And some of my frustrations with it, as well as what Steve said about the, the controls, are uh, I found that on occasion the trigger points haven't worked. It's only happened to me a couple of times so far, but, you know, you'll kind of walk into an area, um, you'll wander around for a bit, and then all of a sudden a cutscene all kick in that probably should have happened as soon as you walked in. Um, but because everything is kind of leading you down such a, a straight line, if you kind of deviate or do something that you're not quite supposed to do, it can look a little bit odd. Um, and I find that even in doing that, the, the way the camera will move around you, um, everything about it is just to keep you going down the path that they're setting for you. So on the one hand, it's a really good sort of romp. It's Indiana Jones. It's all of those kind of things. But on the other hand, it's, I enjoy it more as something I'm watching happening than actually playing mm-hmm. myself, yeah, if that makes could, any sense. Yeah.
2: I mean, I know what you mean. You could have just as much fun watching somebody else play it as you could playing it yourself.
4: Yeah, that's well put. That's
2: exactly yeah. right. Yeah, because I mean, even on the box, it says it says something like um, uniquely cinematic online experience, and then on back it says huge blockbuster budgets. I mean, that is something like that last one, that's like something you expect to see on a film. So it's kind of that says it all, really. The, the aiming for like something like heavy rain, you know, like a, a, a you know a drama sort of thing, like an engaging drama, but it's it involves you a lot more than that.
3: But would it be fair to say that?
4: it's the best of that ilk. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I'd agree. And like I say, I need to play it all the way through before I can really pass any sort of judgment. But I've, every time I've kind of had an opportunity to have a little glow with it, I think I've, it's, the time I've played has been over about three sessions. I've really been looking forward mm. to it, and I've really enjoyed it. But I'd, I'd also say that every time I've stopped, it's because of some, something getting on my nerves, and I've just thought, yeah. I'll come back and do that tomorrow. I did that. I did that. And like Ben, I'm, it's the only game that I've purposely
2: stopped myself playing so I don't rush through it all in one go because I enjoy every every section I play through. It's so enjoyable that you want to make it last. I mean, I haven't, I haven't finished the game, but it's believed that it's about eight or nine hours long. And to me, it's probably one of the most enjoyable eight or nine hours I'll spend playing a game because, it's, because the dialogue and the anecdotes between it, like, they're just all there. It's just the best dialogue I've heard for a long time.
4: It's really natural, isn't it? Because it's so sort of everything's so led and everything's so linear as you're just wandering through passages, they'll chat Mm. with each other. There's very little repetition. There's very little signs in there that you're playing a game, you know, um, maybe this maybe there will be occasions like this later on but so far i haven't seen any of those things where it's like go and do these three things you know like the video game rule of three go do that you have Mm, to collect this thing this thing and this thing everything it feels like a film in that everything's always moving forward the things they say it really gets mixed up and varied everything's relevant to the situation they're in and it really adds something in fact the whole audio i love the music it's um yeah it's really big, isn't it? It's kind of it's um, yeah, yeah. exciting, like Indiana Jones and all those kinds of films. Um, and the, the script is great. The, everything's well delivered. The story's interesting. I just have my slight reservations about it, how good it is as a game. But that doesn't detract, because they're obviously trying to go for the cinematic thing, which is great, and I'm thoroughly enjoying that. And they've nailed it. I've pl- I think mechanically I've played better games. Yeah, the the climbing
2: is not the best, I'll admit, but
1: it, it it's interesting that you that you mention that because it, it's it's one of those strange series that in many ways it's almost like it's it's more than the sum of its parts because when you when you actually boil down the climbing you'd say well it it's it's not the best if if you look at um, the cover system, you'd probably say again. Well, there there are certainly better cover-based shooters out there. Um, the shooting um, and enemy AI—it largely, you know, scripted. Then they're, they're not going to make grand efforts to to outsmart you in that respect. But yet, what it's aiming for, you know, sheer cinematic scope, that big kind of pounding score, and, and great kind of breathtaking visuals, and the the kind of very simplistic, almost childish want for adventure to globetrotting and finding lost treasures. And they've just absolutely, you know, they just seem to nail that each time. And, and you know, reviews seem to indicate that virtually everyone is on the same page in, in saying that it's, it follows that, you know, it, it, it takes that linearity and almost wears it as a, as a badge of honour in, in a way that it, it makes it something, um, it makes it the best of that particular type of game.
3: I haven't even finished Uncharted 2 yet, as as Steve knows, he and I were discussing in the week on the forum, but um, I remember there was a moment in Uncharted 1, um, I won't give away any spoilers or anything like that, but there's a a moment where you you think you've pretty much sussed the game for what it is, and then it takes a change of direction, and uh, it was in the the Nazi substation, if any any of you guys remember that, and it just totally caught me off guard, and I loved it. I thought it was so... um, so refreshing for a game to actually catch me out and give me something I wasn't expecting. Um, and it will always have a corner in my heart for, for that. I thought it was great. So it's great to hear you guys so positive about it. I'll definitely be sticking it on my Christmas list.
4: Yeah. You, you, there's not you can't let it pass by. It's a must play. The, the only, maybe it's just my reaction to some of the other reviews I've seen that have just been so over the top in their praise. It seems like people have lost all sense of any kind of critical faculties over it. It is brilliant. It does what it does superbly, but it's not the best game anyone's ever going to play.
2: Mm. It's one of the best games, but not the best.
4: I'm not even... I mean, I don't think I would have it in my top three of the year. Ooh. I don't know how controversial that is, but we'll talk about games of the year another time, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> Maybe it's a victim of its own own success because it is so genre-defining now, it's, it can only ever be an Uncharted game.
4: Yeah, like but, I say, I'm not, I'm not criticising it because it does what it does brilliantly, as I, as I keep saying, and I, it's not like I'm not enjoying it. It's just, it has been a particularly strong year, I think, um, across the board. There's been loads of amazing stuff that's come out, and this I loved Uncharted 2, and this is more of the same but better, but it's not going to completely change my view of how games should be made.
1: No, I mean it. it it's not going to change anyone's view on on games or, or or on the Uncharted series, but in in a in a way, I think that's that's perhaps the most positive thing you could say about it because it is. It's an Uncharted game, but just the series just keeps getting better. But all the staples, all the elements that if you found them annoying in one or in two, that you know they're still basically there. You know they're they're not really working that hard to just try and turn it into any singular type of polished game like a cover based shooter you know um, you mentioned this uh Steve about um, a moment from uncharted one in my head I, I can't really recall that because
3: I was gonna say spoilers they, they... I mean it's how many years old this game I, I'm quite happy to say if everyone's happy to hear well no I, mean, it, I, it, I think not, I know
1: what you're on about yeah it's it's not that it's it's a problem for me uh, or perhaps I'm getting older my memory's going but yeah. One and two, kind and and I'm hoping that three has the same effect on me. Kind of almost meld into one. The experience is is so kind of reminiscent. It it's um it could almost be released as as episodic content, and yeah. you know it, it it could keep going.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I dare say that's that's why I haven't finished two yet because I hit a point where it was all a bit. Um, too much of of the same thing. Uh, The moment I'm talking about was um, you're in the substation uh, and it's all very dark and dank. And then suddenly you come across all of these um, creatures, which, yeah, up until that point, you thought it's just um, a treasure hunting um, swashbuckling adventure, and then suddenly it's got this supernatural element that I wasn't expecting at all. And they're much quicker than all the other enemies, and of course that's not something they can recreate now with with Uncharted Three because it's uh, well, maybe they maybe they can, you guys tell me. But you kind of know that it's willing to take a chance on anything and do anything with the story now.
2: I mean, there's no supernatural. I, I mean, I've played a good few hours now. There's no supernatural bits like that, or the the goo the drink from the tree in the second one. There's the the plot is full of twists. I mean, I won't say anything other than the game kicks off with like a massive twist, and and that that sucks you in straight away. I mean, for me, that had a massive effect on me. Did it? Did it feel bad?
4: Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really really smartly done. Um, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to say anything more about it. But yeah, the the first well, I've I've enjoyed all of it so far. But yeah, right from the start, it definitely gets you interested.
1: I mean, this is all. You know, glowing praise for single player, but I know that um, Naughty Dog have been trying to talk up the multiplayer angle. It was something they they put in the second. Has anyone uh, had a little glimpse of that yet? Has anyone got it ensnared in that game?
2: Yeah, um, it's it's much the same problems really. I mean, it's just it's basically a lot of the elements of the single player in the multiplayer. I mean, it's like the cover and the diving and the rolling. That's all there. I mean, you still want to roll, and sometimes you'll dive behind cover, but there's a lot of times where you think the weapons are underpowered and your, your enemies are got too much health. I mean, you could fill an enemy with six bullets of an AK-47 and they still won't be dead, and the melee is a bit off. I mean, you can hit someone twice, and then they'll hit you once and you'll die, and then shortly, a couple of seconds after, they'll just fall over because you hit them twice and the server realizes, oh, they shouldn't have died, and it'll compensate you for it. But it's, it's a lot of the same, like, people have been playing it Chat had two online for a long time, and they've got three early and played the beta and they've got leveled up. That they just know everything off the back of the hand now, and it's just.
3: But it's I'm surprised someone would, would, would have that much drive to play it. It really didn't seem anything that exciting or enjoyable about it when I, I tried it on two.
4: Mm. I tried it at the when we went to the Eurogamer, Steve, when we went to yeah. the expo, and um. Yeah, it just I don't know. It just felt a bit tacked on. I haven't tried mm. it. I, I think it's probably fair to say I'll never, I'll never play it on the version that I've got. I don't see what the point is. It's an amazing single-player game. Just be happy with that. Leave it at that. Any resources that you've got, put them into making that single-player game the best it can possibly be. Mm. There is yeah. co-op as well, but I haven't played that yet. But no, I've, I will I've, try that.
2: Yeah, I've oh, heard I didn't it's good. Know that. I've heard, I've heard it's supposed to be good, but I ain't actually because there's there's um. There's like missions that branch off from the main story that you can play in as a co-op, so I'd imagine they're a bit more engaging.
3: So it's not do the know? whole campaign you can play?
2: No, it's just like um like it branches off from bits that could be I think it's you know, like side plots and
3: Right, right.
1: Well, so it you know, almost in a in a mirror of Battlefield three it it seems like um, you know, one multiplayer game with a single player put in there to kind of hit a certain market, and now we've got a, a single-player game that's that's moving towards multiplayer. Um, I suppose it's a good enough place as any to to leave that and go and have a look at a single-player game that similarly hit heights. doesn't look like it's pushing too far into multiplayer rain, realms. Um, Batman Arkham City. Ben, you've been looking at this one for the site?
4: I have. I reviewed it. Um, I think it's great, but a, a little bit like with... Um... Uncharted, I don't quite sort of, I'm not quite feeling the rapture uh, that some other reviewers have had of it. Um, so essentially, uh, for anyone that played Arkham Asylum, much of this game is the same as that. But instead of having the very linear um, story, it's be- it's become an open world. Uh, so there's still kind of main missions, but you've got a whole load of side quests and you can explore what's called Arkham City um, as much as you want after the first sort of half hour of the game arkham city is a sort of super prison um dr strange is the nominal primary antagonist but you kind of come across loads of the other baddies as you go on and the joker features heavily again and Aden is voiced by mark hamill and Aden steals the show that's where the personality is batman is a kind of personality vacuum is n- like there's just nothing here's the kind of empty center around which all of the other characters can shine i suppose um the gameplay is broadly split into three segments um so you've got your, your fighting combat bit which is almost rhythm based i said in the review there's very much ev- everything in there is about timing and about moving between the enemies and it looks beautiful plays plays really well there are stealth sections, although it's not kind of true stealth, you have to go around and not be seen while you take out a load of enemies. Um, but if but you're not supposed to kind of conceal the dead bodies or anything like that. In fact, part of it is you're supposed to really worry the other people that are around and kind of build up their, their panic and their nervousness. And then the third bit is the, the puzzle sections, which are pretty similar to what you had in Arkham Asylum and use uh, the detective mode quite heavily. So um, it's fantastic. All of the, everything in there, I think it's fair to say, has been improved from Arkham City. The the combat, uh, you can use your gadgets a lot more um, and it flows a lot better it doesn't always feel quite so controlled but it's definitely more exciting I think and the other bits are more or less kind of what you had before and overall he's got a couple of extra gadgets as it goes along you get to start off with almost everything that you had in Arkham Asylum so it's not like going all the way back to having nothing on you and it's it's a really good story and it's a lot of fun that isn't to say it's the the perfect game I don't know have any of you played much of it? I played and finished it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I felt that the thing that I loved about Arkham Asylum, I don't know about you, I just loved the story. I loved that Batman versus Joker, and it was a real tight focus, and it built up really well, and it had those uh, scarecrow missions, if you remember, that were fantastic. Whereas with this, I think they actually made a bit of a mistake in their choice for plot because without any spoilers there are two two sort of plot points that are worth thinking about and both of them are that kind of tickling bomb scenario time sensitive something is going to happen at a particular point in the future but that works fine if the game's really linear but when it's open world and you get towards the end and they're really ramping up the tension through the main missions but then you go and wander off you know, to do a couple of side quests, do a few of the Riddler puzzles and generally explore the world, it kind of breaks that tension that's being created and I think it undermines the overall narrative for me. Um Not that the story isn't good, I thought the last hour in particular of it is brilliant, but it just gives it a bit more of a disjointed feel than there was in Arkham Asylum. I don't know how you felt about that, Steve. Yeah, I mean,
2: like you say, Hugo Strange is the main guy in the whole story, but then you get like three maybe four other like main protagonists that are villains against batman and you kind of get confused because joker keeps cropping up every now and again you think well he's quite dangerous you could kind of forget what Hugo strange is doing for like an hour or so and then they'll disappear and then you'll go get another one another one another one and yeah. then it's just like the you lose like you say you lose focus on what you're supposed to be doing because you could just trot off and find a few like riddler trophies and just completely disregard everyone that you're supposed to be saving
4: Yeah, and they really did. It feels like they threw everything at this, doesn't it? I mean, there's just so Mm. many bosses, and there's so much stuff going on. And I think in terms of collectibles, I mean, there's just hundreds and hundreds. And I said in the review, if you're if you're the sort of completionist type. This game's either going to be like the best thing that's ever happened to you or an absolute nightmare, you know, because yeah. it's just huge. It, the, the, in terms of stuff to do to get to 100%, I think you can finish the main missions and only be about 20 or 30% through all mm. of the content, which is very low. I mean, I think something like, you know, we've talked about GTA before. The, the main mission's normally about 60 or 70% off the top of my head. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, it's obviously not a lot lame for it. It's certainly one of the one of the best games that you'll play all year. I just there was just something about it in terms of the way the story was crafted and in terms of the repetition as it went on. Because I felt this with Arkham Asylum a bit as well. The gameplay is so segmented. So you walk into an area and it's like, all right, this is a fighting bit. There's a load of guys to fight. Then you walk into another area and it's like, okay, this is a stealth bit. I've got to kind of hang around the rooftops and under the floor. And then you go into another bit and it's clearly, you've got to do a puzzle. And it feels the segmentation of the gameplay is quite unique to Batman in that kind of open world environment you don't get that very often I don't think and I'm not sure it's entirely a positive
1: No I mean it It, it almost sounds like it's, it's a slight move away from um, Arkham Asylum being closer to an actual comic book experience almost like it's telling a story straightforward in a comic book style and so it, it was almost like uh, a video game version of a comic that you you could interact with, whereas a move towards more kind of freedom is, is perhaps um, a big bonus for some fans, but slightly undermines, as you said, um, things like pacing and the like, you know, mm. um, being pushed down a, a narrative route.
4: See, I sound like um, I'm impossible to please, because I've just said <laughs> about Uncharted that I felt in a way it's almost too linear And now I'm saying about Batman that it's not really linear enough. But I think Arkham Asylum struck that balance perfectly. Um, And I I do feel like, (coughs) excuse me, you gain a lot from the open world. They've tweaked some of the mechanics so it's easier to get around, um, fly around or or sort of zip wire around. But um, uh, what you lose is that pacing and that structure.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... It's always going to be a case of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you give people too much freedom, you know that can undermine the experience for some. That that will be the the major benefit for others. But it, it sounds mm. like you're you know you're very positive about the game as a whole. You know they're they're supposed to have tightened up, you know, uh, combat with multiple enemies, and and you know you've got all the gadgets back. And and does uh, detective mode make a bit of a, a comeback again?
4: Yeah, and it's not you can't lean on it as much as you did previously. Uh, I don't, I, I didn't feel, I thought I had it on for a bit of a proportion of the time during Artland Asylum than I did through Artland City, which would have been the desired effect um, from uh, Rotsteady. Because there was a lot of criticisms of Artland Asylum that you kind of miss out on all the, all the great visuals because you wander around with it on all the time. Still really useful. Um, still, uh, works really well, but I, I don't know if it was just me, but you kind of you can't really get a grip of where you are if you just walk around with it on all the time. Did you feel the same way, Steve? Mm, it's
2: it's it, what didn't play as a bigger part, if you ask me. I mean, there would there was the odd like mission where you had to follow something, but you, due to like the openness of it, it, you kind of lost the effect it had um, because. Um, and there's a lot of stuff going on as well. There's like there's people. Every time you fly over a few buildings, there's people talking, and you like you get distracted by it, and you want to find out what they're talking about. So you'll sit there and listen, then you'll fly a couple more ten feet, and then there'll be someone else talking. It's just it's kind of just like throws so much at you, it, like distracts you again. It's just yeah, it's it's still like it's still a good mode. I mean, it's the deep like seeing the skeletons like in the people again. It's a brilliant it's a brilliant idea, but it's
4: just. can't like ben says you can't lean on it as much as like you could last time around there's one one last point that i'd make about it a lot of the criticisms that i i say about it in the review and i make this point in the review about sort of the overload Mm. of content a lot of it um is how you feel at the start or certainly how i felt at the start so for for quite a while at the start i kind of wandered around and i wasn't really sure what i was supposed to be doing there's no Waiting given to one thing over another thing so you can kind of choose to do a main mission bit or a side quest and it just feels like you're totally overloaded you don't yet know your way around the city Uh, you don't really have a feel for it from about halfway on i think it start for me anyway it started to feel like it made a lot more sense and it's what is it probably about eight hours to finish and i'd say the last hour or so was up there with with the best i've played all year i loved the last hour and i loved the ending as well yeah
2: I mean, like you said, the first like it's one of the only games that you'll play that'll just basically just say, Here's your World, go do it." There's no tutorial. I mean, like Arkham Asylum did, it like it tells you how to you know do com- combos and fight people. This just like kicks you out and says, "Off you go there, go do it." And there's little like, like as soon as you start, you'll see a trophy in distance and you can't get it. And there's no like contact with Riddler who says you can't get it. You kind of just sit there thinking, "What is it?" how do I get it, and is it irrelevant, so it's this odd in its pacing.
4: They, they do that, it's, yeah, it's like that Metroid thing, isn't it, where you can go back later mm. on, they did that in Arkham Asylum as well, but I I mean, this is just the kind of person that I am, I'm never going to bother to go back, I'm, no. I'm just not, and, and I, I'm <laughs> happy for people that are, I mean, I know a guy who just, he's 100% Deus Ex and I think he's got all of the achievements as well. it's just ridiculous mm. um and for him like stuff like that is brilliant for me I don't know I just want, I, I like to do the main missions I'll go through all the side quests and I might do a couple of the collectible things if I'm passing by but for the rest I'm not interested mm.
1: but it sounds like it, it's it's certainly certainly a hit even if it's not you know um absolutely epoch making and and, you know the greatest game ever it sounds like you still really enjoyed it though
4: yeah i did thoroughly and the only reason i'd focus on some of the criticisms is because overall it is so so great that it's the only kind of really interesting things to think about afterwards are what you know what could they have done to is it even possible for them to have made it better and what could they have done to achieve that and that's the only reason why a lot of this stuff is kind of Come to me, and I'm I'm saying it now. But make no mistake, it's it's just br- I loved it. I loved. I've thoroughly enjoyed playing it. Apart from the lost save file, um, which I wasn't impressed by at all, and I wasn't the only one. Um, I never had. That. Yeah, and I've got two friends. It happened to as well. And also, when I finished it, it didn't unlock the new lane plus mode first time either. Mm. Um, but but yeah so I'm, I'm doing the negatives again that's nothing <laughs> um, to do with the game the game's great but, you know go buy it go, go buy it but i i think it's just interesting when something um does that well to think about where maybe it it, it could be even better because i imagine they'll do a third there's no the way they yeah they're, there's yeah. no way they can leave the series well, now yeah. they left it no. off in a good place didn't they as well they left it off in, in a great place i think yeah
3: just trying to think how many more villains they've got in the, uh, in the Batman world to, to pull out the bag.
1: Well, he never properly kills them, so it doesn't really matter. Very true. Right, well, all that remains is for me to thank you all for your time. Cheers, gents.
4: Cheers. Cheers.
1: Thanks. Bye. And to plug some of our reviews, Ben's Arkham City review is on the site now, as is Leon's Battlefield 3 review. And keep an eye open for Steve's review of Uncharted 3. Thank you very much for listening to the AV Forums Gaming Podcast. I've been Mark Botwright. Goodbye.
0: The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.